1: Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about changes to how we communicate with our customers. Joining us is Michael Solomon, who is the professor of marketing at St. Joseph's University, which is a business school whose marketing department ranks as one of the top 20 in the United States. Michael is also a marketing consultant, a speaker, and the author of the book, New Chameleon, which discusses modern changes to consumer behavior. And today, Michael and I are going to discuss tomorrow's customer experiences. All right, here's my conversation with Michael Solomon, the professor of marketing at St. Joseph's University. Michael, welcome to the Martech podcast.
2: Hey, thanks so much for having me on.
1: Excited to have you on the show. Excited to talk a little bit about changes to how we think about communicating with our customers. And you're not only an expert in this field, but you're also teaching it to the next generation of marketers out in Philadelphia at St. Joseph's. First off, talk to me a little bit about your background and how you not only got into marketing, but how you got into teaching as well.
2: When you ask a professor what he does, you got to be prepared for a long answer. So I'll I'll try to make it brief. But I was trained as a psychologist. And early in my career, I became very interested in how products influence the way we think about ourselves, the way we think about other people, how we use products to create an impression that we want uh, to create with other people. And Things like that. And it's a fascinating field, not much research done on it. So I, I kind of switched gears and started to, um, to focus on the psychology of fashion and to look at how clothing influences our self concept. And from there, I got a job out of New York University and the business school there, coming out of my grad program, and never looked back really. So I've been working with companies for many, many years, both fashion companies, other kinds of marketing companies, and some B2B companies as well to help them become more customer-centric because marketing is all about satisfying needs. But if you don't know what those needs are, or if you just take at face value when people tell you what their needs are, you're probably not going to have much of a customer base. So uh, so really, my sweet spot is anything that has to do with how consumers interact with brands and how those brands come to mean things in our lives.
1: A man of many talents, a man of many interests. I have to say, I know everybody can't see this. I appreciate the cable knit zip up hoodie. (laughs) also a very fashionable man as well. (laughs) And you mentioned that customer experiences are central, understanding your customer. It's something that I've built my consulting practice on, something that we preach often here at the MarTech podcast is, doesn't matter what your tech stack is, doesn't matter what your budget is. If you're aiming at the wrong customers, if you don't truly understand who they are, you're not going to be successful But that said, the customer's needs and the customer's demands change over time. So how do you not only think about what your customer wants and desires today, but also consider what the direction is of where they're going thinking about tomorrow's customer?
2: Yeah, that's a really important question and a tough one because obviously none of us can predict the future, although we certainly try all the time. And I think you've highlighted a big problem for marketers, which is that it's hard enough to figure out today what people want and give it to them. How can, we, how can we stay alert to tomorrow's developments? And the best advice I can give is don't be complacent. There's a lot of stories, brands kind of in the marketing graveyard who achieved some success and then they figured, well, we did it. Good. We can check the box and retire. But of course, events overcome us and events change the world. The fact that we're on a Zoom call right now is evidence of that, whether we like Zoom or not. But we have to be agile. We have to be flexible. We have to be patient. And most importantly, we have to be vigilant, I think, about staying on top of these changes and, if possible, creating a fairly constant feedback loop from your customer base to your designers, to your ad people, and so on to be alert to the fact that the meanings that your brand has today are not necessarily the meanings they have tomorrow. But more importantly, when you think about how those meanings are going to change, a lot of those changes will not be made by you, the company. Those changes will be made by your customers. They are not reluctant to modify products that they think would work a little better if they just did this, or they recommend your products to others. So one of the most overlooked sources of marketing data is your customers. And I mean that in the sense, not just of asking them what they like, but even involving them in the design process, in the marketing process, where what I like to say is all you need to change is one little tiny word and your entire perspective on marketing has changed. And that word is changing from marketing to your customer to marketing with your customer. So if you can embrace that idea that your customer is actually more like a partner in the process, especially your really loyal customers, I think that can really be a game changer for companies that are more content to hold their customers at arm's length and just tick the boxes to see if they understand what they want. Your customer is your best resource in addition to buying your product.
1: I feel like we all say, hey, you have to be customer centric. You have to build in feedback loops. But the reality is often when brands are doing their customer research, they start off as the pre-seed round, the early stage startup, they're innovators. They try to understand the customers. They set a baseline for their understanding of who they think they're trying to market. Sometimes people skip this and they just start spending money, which is a bad idea. Maybe you hire consultants like me or like Michael to come in and say, all right, let's go do some interviews and figure out who the customers are and learn them. Then brands get into the growth stage and they sort of give up on customer research because they're so busy focusing on finding those customers. And then all of a sudden they get into the scale phase and they need to double back and think about what are some of the more discrete pain points that they want. And so there's these waves of where customer research feels like it's important to a brand and even though we always say, know your customer, it's not always happening in reality, how do you advise companies to start thinking about building in those customer feedback loops so they're constantly reading who their customers are as opposed to being reactive to the changes in the times?
2: Well, I think you you hit on something crucial, especially when you're talking about what often happens during the growth phase. Um, you know, You were mentioning that the focus is on acquiring new customers, really a single-minded focus off. And I get the need to do that, but there's actually research evidence to support this statement that it's seven times as expensive to acquire a new customer as to keep an old one. And what we tend to do is we're understandably trying to grow that customer base, trying to add those numbers in, make the numbers look good. But what tends to happen is we take those existing customers that we've already worked pretty hard to get and we take them for granted, where we should be doing a better job of monetizing those customers rather than or at least in addition to going after that next shiny new object. So turning, even if you have a relatively small, consistent customer base, you're know you at the early stages of your launch, you have a core of people who believe in you. Maybe they're just related to you and they want you to do well, but there's probably some people who have discovered you or you've discovered them and they are your founding fathers, so to speak, or founding mothers. So we like to talk today about the notion of lifetime customer value, not just customer value, but what is the value of a customer over a lifetime? And that reminds us that even though they may be numerically a smaller portion of your customer base, they are probably going to be a lot more profitable. So instead of just checking them off and saying, that person has bought for me, don't disregard those people and think carefully about how, number one, you can involve them more in the creative process, and number two, possibly upsell them to other offerings that you may have in order to maximize that lifetime customer value.
1: It's always a big challenge, and I think of the venture capital-backed company of we're looking at body count. We're being evaluated by how quickly can we grow the business, so we need more bodies. But inevitably, you get to the scale where the metrics that you're going to be asked about are different, right? They're about efficiency, not about total volume. And so if you ignore building your customer lifetime value, then you're basically shooting yourself in the foot down the road. Now I'll go back to the question that I asked before, which is, okay, there's an importance to not just ignoring doing your customer research, keeping your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the customer. How do you build in feedback loops so you're constantly evaluating and learning from your customer's behaviors as they change over time?
2: There are different levels of that at a very broad aggregate level. You know, for example, you can maybe do the, use some kind of a web scraping uh, methodology, so, you know, web scraping software that allows you to see what many, many people are saying about your brand and about competing brands. So obviously, what people are posting online is an enormously important, relatively new, relatively inexpensive form of research data that is often overlooked. Now, at the individual level, it may be a matter of looking at some kind of a CRM system, some kind of a database where you can at least track what people are doing, especially what they're buying in your category. Because after all, the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. So to the extent that you can take advantage of these technologies that didn't exist 20 years ago, you're in great shape. But even if you don't have a lot of resources to do that, you can start to do that yourself. And if you're, let's say, a small mom and pop store or something like that, just take notes on a piece of paper (laughs) about who your customer is, what he or she bought the last time, when their birthday is, you know, all that. And eventually maybe you upgrade to a more sophisticated system, but it's not an all or none kind of thing. I think any kind of tracking that you can do, especially of that core customer base is invaluable.
1: What I'm hearing from you is that there's quantitative metrics that you can use looking at things like social media, social signals. You could probably use search data as well to sort of understand not only what's happening with how people are talking about your business, but what what's happening in the competitive environment as well. Obviously, you want to look at your internal data, your CRMs, your whatever data sources you have to understanding at the customer level what the average experience is. I think I'd add in a third part here. You know, there's not necessarily the quantitative, but the qualitative as well, where there's time to actually get customer feedback, to ask about an experience, to basically just sort of anecdotally check in with a customer and see what drove a specific purchase behavior or a change in mindset. When are you reaching out to the customers? How often are you actually trying to communicate with them and get some qualitative feedback? not just quantitative.
2: I mean I'm a huge fan of qualitative feedback and this is definitely the time to do it. So people who just rely on large surveys and so on I think are perhaps missing the boat a bit because you do get a lot richer information. I mean the question about how often you should do that and so on obviously that depends on a lot of things including the patience of your respondents but you have to find that happy medium where you're not being too intrusive. But obviously, if you can incentivize them, if you can find different ways to reward them, and it doesn't have to just be financially, people want to be involved with the companies they do business with. So there's a lot of tools out there. For example, even something like gamification, where you're you're giving people badges or you're giving them some kind of non-financial thank you for being a part of your company that can work quite well. Again, you don't want to overdo your welcome and pop into a person every day and say, how are you doing? But the other thing to do that I like to tell managers is just get off your butt and walk around and actually be a customer for a day. See what it feels like to actually have the customer experience in the role of a customer, not in the role of the provider. And then again, that's a sample of one, so it's not a hundred percent reliable, but If nothing else, if you do nothing else, at least make sure that you know what your customer is experiencing at every step of the way. And maybe you can make some corrections, address some pain points, and so on.
1: I think that's great advice. Understanding and immersing yourself in your experience is incredibly important to let you know what's happening with your business, what's happening with your customers. It's not always the metrics. It's not always the quantitative data. It's not always the signal that you're going to get from the external world. That's what's going to tell you the upcoming demand, the needs, the changes in your customer's behavior. Often you're going to have to ask them, talk to a person. You're going to have to experience it yourself. As much as we preach data and technology in the MarTech podcast, in the MarTech industry, marketing is both an art and a science. And so there is some understanding, some intuition, some immersive experiences that you have to go through to really put yourself in the customer experience to interpret that data as well. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Michael Solomon, professor of marketing at St. Joseph's University. Join us again tomorrow when we publish part two of this interview when Michael and I are going to talk about using persuasive sales bots. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Michael, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Mike Solo. that's M-I-K-E-S-O-L-O, or you can visit his website, which is michaelsolomon.com. And on his website, you can find a really useful course that Michael teaches about customer engagement. All right, just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can sign up for our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet,